0: Glad you're joining us today for RC Teacher Talk, a podcast focused on amplifying the educator's superpowers in Royce City ISD. Listen as Angela Arledge and Lisa Pogue chat with teachers.
1: Hey there, RC Teacher Talk guests. We are here with a bonus episode with a very special guest today. We get to meet one of the newest members of the Royce City ISD cabinet. All right, today we are
0: here with Dr. Amy Anderson, our Chief Academic Officer at Roy City ISD. So, uh, Amy, let us hear a little bit about you, your family. Just introduce yourselves
2: to our guests. Well, thank you so much for having me. You're Um, welcome. Looking forward to this, and have enjoyed listening to the episodes um, that you guys put out. It's really, really cool thing that you guys do this. Um, But yes, I am new to Roy City ISD. I've been here. I got here July 11th. Um, so it's been a whirlwind of, I guess, two months. Yeah. Tomorrow. I can't believe that. (laughs) That's so cool. Um, and so I'm just so excited to be here, but my family, I am married. Uh, I've been married for, it'll be 19 years in May. Um, my husband, Tyler, and we have three children. My son, Cale, just turned 16. He just started driving to school this week. Oh. oh. How do you feel about that, yeah. Mom? <laughs> oh, my gosh. The first day, I I did stand outside and watch him. Yeah, you kind of watch him drive, drive away. Down, <laughs> yes. Oh. I, well, just uh, a tip. It's harder when your girl drives uh, away. Oh, oh my <laughs> gosh. Oh, my goodness. But it has been a huge help. For sure. For week. sure. Oh, my goodness. So that's been good. And then my daughter is 13. Um, she's a volleyball player. He plays football, and uh, we're we're big sports people, I guess. My daughter plays volleyball and uh, is in middle school. And then my youngest Samuel uh, is nine. And uh, you know, a lot of times that youngest one just chases the older two around, <laughs> him, which is great. But he also he he's a sports guy too. but we um we go to church here in Roy City, at a place called the Gathering. We love that. We're very connected there. Um, all of our extended family live in Rockwall, so I have lots of help. My husband is a pilot for Southwest Airlines, and so he's gone a lot, but that's all we've ever known. So mm-hmm. my kids are pretty tough and um they're used to dad leaving for a few days, and <laughs> in fact, they'll say, "When is dad going so we can eat cereal
1: for supper?"
0: <laughs> you know? Oh, that's something y'all have in common. Angela's
1: family loves cereal. We pretty much live off cereal.
2: Yeah, it's, it's pretty relaxed in the cooking department. Absolutely, <laughs> we're bachelor bachelor in it. Yes, um, so that, that's good. I love my family, and they're they're so. Good to me, you know, you know how kids are one day. They're like, mom, we're so proud of you. And, <sighs> you know, then the next day they're like, did you wear that all day? I mean, <laughs> gotta, love all those, gotta love kids. gotta <laughs> love kids. They keep you focused. But, I love um, it. So proud of them. And then education wise, um, I started my career in Mesquite. Mm-hmm. That's where I grew up. My dad was a principal there. My mom was a secretary there for years. He was in the district, I think, almost 40 years Oh wow! And so I started there as a teacher. I taught uh, sixth grade science and I taught reading. Um, and I look at the things that our teachers do now, and I think, oh my gosh, they they're phenomenal compared mm-hmm. to just where we were at that time. And mm-hmm. I don't feel that old, but I mean, in the in the late nineties, um, with teaching and. I, no one ever told me, like, where the teaks were my copy of the teeks. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. Sweet. You know, um, just things like that. It's, it's the good and bad of, of resources and expectations. Just mm-hmm. all the things that teachers do. And then I was an assistant principal um, down the road in a place called Rockwall. And mm-hmm. I um, went there as a, a single person and uh, became a principal and met my husband, the counselor, where I was the principal her son came to visit from California.
1: Oh and, my and gosh, that, how cool that is that? my husband. What a <laughs> fun a story. Know, story. It's, it's
2: really cool it although it's really challenging to supervise your mother-in-law. <laughs> just that's what's she's great, but it was still funny. Yeah. Um so we were there together uh 7 years and then I opened a school um Rockwall's a fast growth district just like Roy City. Um And then got to go up to central office. I heard on one of your podcasts, you called it the White House. Yeah, (laughs) I always call it the Puzzle Palace. palace. Um, Hopefully, we're working puzzles that are relevant to what's actually going on. Um, But I was a director and executive director chief. Um, I was chief of student services, which is all the all the fun things, Um, transfers and discipline and safety and all of that um, Mm -hmm. for a few years. That doesn't sound very fun I know. to me. Amy. It's kind of you know <laughs> you got to unlock the puzzle. Yeah. I like to solve problems. Yeah. Um, and then I was chief academic officer of secondary schools, and I, I loved that. Um, and but the whole time I've always worked with campus principals, mm-hmm. um, and that's really kind of what makes me tick is just that connection to the campus and and the work they're doing makes it all all worthwhile. Um, and then the last two years before I came to Roy City kind of took a different approach and um, taught at a university and managed their principal certification program, which is actually so funny because that's where Lisa and i (laughs) met A long time ago. A long time ago. We were in master's (laughs) classes together to get our principal certification.
1: Wow. That's so cool. Isn't that cool?
2: Yeah. Yeah. We end up back here together. Then we are. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So I was teaching and um, helping with that program part time and that was great. And then also doing consulting. So working with districts across the state with mainly with principals and cabinet, just leadership development and coaching and love that. But it, you know, traveling's not necessarily my favorite thing. And I miss Mm -hmm. kids. Like I just miss going to performances and going into classrooms and hearing teachers talk about kids and, and being with teachers and being a part of a school family. So, um, when this position opened up, I just couldn't pass it up. Mm-hmm. I was so so fortunate to just get to know Kevin Worthy and, and his team. So here I am. Yes. On my almost finishing my second month here. Yes. That's and we day. are
1: so happy that you chose us. Um you have brought a lot of great ideas uh to Roy City and so we're thankful for that. So what has been your best experience with Roy City ISD so far?
2: Man, there it's,
1: it's been so positive
2: and you know, I just, I didn't know a lot about Roy city and mm-hmm. it's literally seven miles from my driveway to my office. You're closer than me. <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's right, literally right down the road. Oh, that's great. Um, but probably my most positive experience has been working with Kevin Worthy mm-hmm. and just, you know, when you're on a cabinet, you're, that's your team, that's your team every day and you really see Um, the intricate inside workings of a school district and kind of the why behind you know what the things that are going on and just seeing the integrity that he has and the love that he has for this school district and for the people inside of it Um, I heard somebody say once speed of the leader speed of the team and you know just saying the way that the leader the things the leader values and the way they conduct themselves is kind of how everybody else does too and absolutely and you can really feel that and that's probably been the most positive part is just to see him and to be a part of that cabinet team um has been really inspiring for me I would Um, agree he's amazing he He is is. (laughs) so (laughs) been here the whole time
0: he's here and it's been awesome that's great yeah that's great. Um, so for people outside, um, one of the reasons we started this podcast is to highlight teachers and education, but also to let our community know some of the ins and outs of education. So tell
2: our listeners, what does a chief academic officer do? That's a great question. Um, any and everything, <laughs> anything I can do to help. Um, a chief academic officer, you know, really provides, you know, the textbook definition would say, you know, you provide oversight to the academic and the curriculum um, for the school district. Um, I would say most of my efforts are um, focused on student growth and student achievement. Um, when I think about, you know, how do I spend most of my time, it's just in conversations of a lot of great people that are focused on kids. And that's one of the great, another great thing about Roy City is the team is very well organized so that that um, department can really be innovative. Um, Lots of uh, specialized people like professional development and curriculum and the principals. Um, The chief academic officer in both districts that I've worked in, has been very focused on equipping the principals to do their job, um, because they are just like Mr. Worthy is to the district. The principal Mm -hmm. is to these campuses. Um, um, I think right now, you know, just being new, a lot of it is connecting with, with my teammates and with the people in the district and trying to get out and see what the good things going on, um, on our campuses. Um, just again, that continued instructional improvement um, and really asking teachers like, what is it like to do your job? What, What are the barriers?
1: Well, and that's one of the things that really stood out. Like when we very, very first met you in a meeting with the whole staff, that was one of the things that you said was, I'm I'm not forgetting that instructional piece like of what it felt like to be in the classroom and so here we are like our our job is to support you and so that made a big impact.
2: Hmm. Thanks for saying that. And mm. I, you know what that's probably really speaks to one of my core beliefs and I think back to when I was a principal and different things would come down, you know, as we all have in every organization, the main administrative office sets policies and sets procedures so to try to help us all stay focused and do our jobs but as a principal things would come down and and teachers would be on board but there might be like I always call it like the two percent rule like if I could just do this man I could implement this Mm -hmm. in such a more powerful way and I don't ever want to lose that that Mm -hmm. teachers that's why we hire them because they have the expertise and the wisdom and the connection with kids. And otherwise, we could just turn on a computer. Right. And right. we all learned how well that works. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, and we so. We gave it a shot. Yeah, we <laughs> gave that a shot. We should now all be able to say how valuable the voice of the teacher and that connection from the teacher is. And so um, I, I really um, mean that when I say that. And then I think another big part of what I do is just focused on the growth. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine working in a district that wasn't fast growth. Um, because as you grow, you really have to be clear about what your values are mm-hmm. and, and what your systems are. Or it just becomes all these individual islands or, you know, you, you lose kind of the core of what makes you special. And it's important to to get that to um, to have some
1: clarity on that as you grow. So I'm, I'm looking at that as well a lot. Yeah, that's great. And I think, um, a positive thing with the growth is that experience from may it be different districts or whatever the case may be even um, you know hiring more like new teachers things like that that come in with those fresh ideas and different things Mm -hmm. so you are coming from a different district and so coming in you're probably evaluating and looking and thinking about ways to just continue to improve uh, the student success here in the district so what are you most excited about um, as you look at the academic future for our district?
2: That's a great question. Um, You know, I'm very um, aware of coming to a place and really wanting to enhance the culture that is here and contribute to that and and not necessarily that I want to take the culture back to, you know, where I was in Mesquite or where I was in Rockwall, but just really looking at the gifts and, and the values that are here. And one of the things that makes me so excited is the um, opening of that CTE
1: yes. area.
2: Um, and, and just the experiences that I had uh, being a part of that before, you really, you know, you think to yourself, well, this is just a building or this is just a wing adding on, but it really, it changes so many things mm-hmm. when kids are more aware of their opportunities um, and we become more streamlined in what we offer and we become more... Attuned to listening to what kids are interested in, mm-hmm. and a lot of that comes through a facility. And with all of our new facilities, those open up opportunities to build relationship with kids and have our buildings reflect the interest and the needs of our community. And that For that sure. sounds very edu- educational. Um, but I really believe that's true. It's it's a, if you don't take that opportunity to make it more about the kids and you're just opening up bricks and mortar.
1: Well, and I, th- I think that that's, I like what you said about that, because it, you think about the opportunities that it's going to hold, like as far as even certifications, mm-hmm. you know, because a, a lot of those certifications are very hands-on mm-hmm. and we don't have the space, the equipment, the abilities to be able to do that type of stuff. Absolutely. And this new wing will allow us to be able to um, provide students with, uh, you know, one more step in the right direction.
2: Absolutely. I I can't imagine in high school, like there being a a culinary program, you know, to the level of the the facilities that we're going to provide for our kids Mm -hmm. here and, you know, their ability just to connect outside of their classroom and to build that confidence and those skills is just phenomenal. Um, Even just looking at our middle schools that the Chrome squads and all the things that you guys do. Um, that's all connected to students being engaged, and I say a lot. Compliance is the lowest form. Yeah, of, engaged
0: and empowered. Yes, to, to do things. I just I, have you seen the video that the kids made today about the? They did a video about bulldog et- etiquette, how to behave in the in the stands well, oh, on the student course. section, yeah. and you just think about the things that they're able to do and that they feel empowered to do, and you know, hopefully that. You know lets our community know that we do value more than just kids that are sitting down and doing what they're told (laughs) yeah Yeah,
2: absolutely absolutely it's a it's a culture shift but it's a it's a good one and you got to be ready to listen to what they actually say Mm -hmm. you know you got to respond and think you know who am I doing this for it's it's for them and so why is this my decision and not theirs I I have in on my whiteboard in my office right now across the top it says why is this my decision and I heard Andy um, Stanley say, Andy Stanley is a leadership person that I listen to a lot. And he said, don't make a decision unless you absolutely have to be the one to make it. And and, and I thought about that. That's good. And it really, it kind of keeps me in check to let other people, you know, have a voice in, in what they're doing. So. And that I was
0: really one of the things said. you said, you ask a lot of questions. You, mm-hmm. you like kind of warned us, like, don't think I'm just, you know, I just really want to know. Right, and right. I, th- I think people appreciate that. Yeah, I do.
2: I do have a lot of questions. <laughs> so what does this stand for again? You know, all the <laughs> little acronyms. And well,
1: and it's exciting, too, to think about our district um, receiving an A this year. Yes. And just, I mean, it, that's just huge. And oh, everybody's gosh. worked so hard for that achievement, mm-hmm. students, staff. Uh, administration, you know, everybody. So that's really exciting.
2: That was the best when that news came in and I hadn't been here very long. And just to see the team just be so excited for our staff and for the teachers. And, and we all immediately got on the phone and called uh, Julia Robinson uh-huh. and I got to be in there with that call and just to honor her and the work that she did while she was there. I mean, that was just, that's special. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's because of the, you know, the character of this team and, and them doing that and getting to all celebrate together and, and focus it back to our teachers. Yeah, for sure. In the classrooms, just those individual connections, those individual efforts with kids, um, was really what it was about. That was exciting. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Fun times. Fun times.
0: Um, so you're obviously a leader and you've helped other people be leaders and coach leaders. So um, what is the best advice you've ever received or that you've read um, in mm. your education career?
2: That's a great one. My, f- my first superintendent was Dr. Ne- uh, Doctor Horn in Mesquite. And then when I came to Rockwell, I was only with Dr. Neely for one year. And then I was with Gene uh, Burton for, uh, I think it was nine years. Um, and he would always say to me, you know, find your voice and help other people find theirs. And, and, you know, at first I was just kind of, you know, it was kind of a low level of like, okay, you know, that sounds great. Mm. (laughs) Um, but it really rang true so many times. Um, just as a leader, you, you have to find your voice because you're hired for a reason you are hired to bring something special to the situation. And if everybody sounds like you, you're, you're going to have so many holes mm-hmm. um, in what you could be. And so he would say that to us all of the time. And I think it, it's catching, you know, if, if I allow people to have a voice, then you're going to feel empowered to let the people around you have a voice. And ultimately our kids mm-hmm. and our parents and the community. And when you feel like you have a voice You can get, you can be productive. Mm -hmm. You can focus on the right things. Yeah,
0: That's one of the things that when I work with brand new teachers in this position is trying to encourage them to advocate for themselves and, you know, to find their voice, find, you know, not just with their students, but with, you know, the people around them, their team, like, you know, to speak up for themselves. And so that's really good
2: advice. Yeah, Absolutely. Uh, you know, another thing that I always tell people, and this is just based on my personal experiences over the last two years, just kind of taking a different jump um, and kind of jumping out of kind of the order that I thought I was going to do things one of the reactions that people would have is like, Oh my gosh, you, you got out of line. You lost your <laughs> place in line. I'm like, wow, I, I didn't know I was in line, <laughs> but, but we all kind of have that mentality, right? Like, you know, okay, I'm a teacher. Then I'm going to promote. I'm going to be a team leader. I'm going to be a department chair. I'm going to be in and we and we go, right. Um, we do that in our personal lives too. Mm-hmm. Like as soon as you graduate <laughs> from college, or when are you getting married? When are you having a family? When are you buying a house? You know, we're, we have this mentality where we're always in line and being in line is a very anxious place to be. Like I will avoid when I, I, I've talked about this in trainings, but I will avoid places where you have to wait in line. My, my poor children, they will never go to Disney world <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> because I know, I know there's a fast pass, but I just, I can't do it. And so it's a place you want to, you're focused on when can I get out of this line? And and sometimes we make career decisions based on that and we, we miss out on opportunities because we think, well, I've got to stay in line and this is, you know, and so one of the advices that I give, especially after what I've learned over the last two years is, you know, you need to be in a ready stance, you know, and I I participated in, in sports in high school and college and every sport has their version of the ready stance, Mm -hmm. you know, you're balanced. You are ready for anything that's coming at you. Your head is on a swivel. You're looking around are you can't wait for something to come towards you so that you can engage with it. And so I advise, um, people, you know, make a good decision for you, make a good decision for your family, be ready for opportunities that use your gifts And don't focus on this, this, the way that we kind of approach our careers really in education or anywhere that like, there are these steps that you have to follow, you know, be open to opportunities around you and be, be brave, you know, believe in what you have to offer and go, go after it. Yeah. And it'll work out. Yeah.
1: I believe that. Yeah. I like that. Um, You have a lot of great advice. Um, and and to me, the advice that you gave is is for all levels of educators. And so, you know, whether you're just starting or you're a seasoned teacher, um, I, I think that that it applies to everybody. So and and even out of the education field. So tell us a little bit about your like leadership philosophies. Mm. You know, I think that
2: I have a really high level of personal responsibility. Like I feel very, like I always say, I want to be a good steward of wherever I am. And so if if you've been given a gift of doing any job, you know, and I tell my kids this, like you have been given a role on a team or in a classroom or someday in a family or in a job, you know, be a good steward of where you are and the opportunities will come after that. And so I think that that high level of personal responsibility drives me. I also think that you know, I'll never say, well, there's nothing we can do or, well, the policy says you can't do that. So thanks for, you know, thanks for calling. You know, <laughs> I, I don't, I don't do that. Um, I think there's always a way to help. There's mm-hmm. always a way to help the situation. And sometimes it's just communicating about it. Communication is you're right. right? I mean, <laughs> yeah. just talking about it, I think can help just to understand, are there other ways to get to where you need to be? if this way isn't working um
1: well and lisa brought up a good point earlier she said that you like to ask a lot of questions and i think that that's another way of the communication role because there's a lot of times where uh, you know especially if you're upset about something or whatever the case may be you kind of wear blinders Mm -hmm. and then by asking those questions you resort back to the solution yourself without having to ever be told anything so So and, and to just to know what the why behind it mm-hmm. I think is important.
2: you know I've learned being in in new positions that um, like asking questions is so powerful and especially when you're new, you can you can ask the questions and people aren't surprised or or they're not as um, closed about it um, because oh well, I'm new to Royce City. can you tell me again? Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. why you know. <laughs> And so, um, I've learned the power of that. And, and I also think a a big part of my leadership is, is those trusting relationships. Um, and that comes through, you know, giving people a chance to, to do their work and to do the right thing and having that, that open conversation about it. And I think a lot of that too is a leader has to be a good forgiver.
1: Yeah. A lot of grace. A lot of
2: grace because people are going to mess up and people are going to do things for a reason that you may not even realize why. Um, and so you know, the more that you just create these situations where, Oh, uh, you know what? I'm not going to forgive that this person. I'm not, no, now I'm not going to forgive this person. Now this person, all of a sudden you're surrounded by people that you don't have a trusting relationship with and it's hard to to do it but i think being a good forgiver is is really important because people they come to work and they want to do a good job and and that higher level of expectation and accountability comes when you you um build that trusting relationship yeah so
0: for sure so education is hard, um, right now. Yeah. <laughs> so what about, you know, the challenges in education most resonate with you? Mm. Um, and what would you like people to know about it?
2: And I, I just think a lot of our challenges come from the, and I kind of have this theme in all my answers, I don't <laughs> know if that's good or bad,
0: but it I mean, shows you broken consistent. record. It shows you're consistent record. or you stand, you have values <laughs> that you stand
2: by. Right. Yeah, that's true. Um, but I think a lot of our challenges come from feeling like you don't have control mm-hmm. and whether it's, I don't have control over my day. I don't have control over my schedule. I don't have control um, over the curriculum that I teach or the lesson plans that I make the little things that really, again, why am I the one making this decision is a big question for that. Um, I think that, when you have this really high level of expectation for teachers in the classroom, I mean, there's nothing higher than your expectation for teachers in the classroom, coaches on a field, band directors, you know, and choir teachers doing what they do. It has to also come with that equal parts responsibility and authority. Mm -hmm. And so that teacher needs to be able to say, you know, I need this or I need time to do this. And um, just focusing on that end goal and giving them a way to assert some control over what they see and what they're in every day in that classroom. Um, Again, I think that that engagement is highest level of performance. Mm -hmm. And so if they're just complying and they don't have a voice, kids aren't going to perform either. And so so that's, I think that's one of the biggest challenges is meeting meeting the requirements that are, you know, that the state gives us, but also giving teachers, you know, the respect and the authority to speak up and design and plan and, and all of
1: those things. is really important to me. I like that you said that because I think, And um, some districts uh, across the state and stuff, uh, everything is just so planned out and structured, Mm -hmm. and there's just not that control over their classroom. And it just causes, like you said, just unhappy teachers in a way, you know? So, yeah, I I like that. Do you remember the article that we just read in our department meeting? So we
2: just read an article in our department meeting, and one of the things that talked about – was the difference, oops, sorry, was the difference between a homeowner and a renter. Mm -hmm. And it talked about like, if you're a renter, it's not yours. You're, you're basically going to just not destroy. You're not going to put holes in the wall. You're not going to have pets. If you're not supposed to, you're not going to paint, you're not going to, you know, whatever it is. And you're, you're at the basic level. You're not going to do anything to improve the situation. If you're a homeowner, you're going to, Plan. You're going to think of ways to make your home better, more, more value, more comfortable for your family. Um, And so I understand the places where we provide those resources and those structures for teachers, but they need to feel like they're a homeowner in their own classroom. And so we talked about in our department that I want them to feel like homeowners in the area that they work and create more homeowners with the people that they serve um, and I was telling my family about that article actually, and they said, "You know, it's less than a renter is like someone just staying in a hotel." You know, and I'm like, "Yeah, that's right, that's right." So we're a long time homeowner yeah.
0: <laughs> here in Royce City. Yeah. So, well, and, and I really liked that analogy because it really spoke to investing, mm-hmm. investing, because that's what a home is. A home is an investment, right. whereas your rental if you're the rentee or the tenant, I guess that's the right word. If you're the tenant, um, you're not invested in that. That's right. You know, it's just a place to live. It's a place to provide your needs. But if you're a homeowner, then you're invested in what's going on Mm -hmm. um, and invested in that achievement. And I was in a classroom today and the kids are like, we keep seeing you around. Like, what do you do? Yeah, (laughs) right. Why why are you here? Are you looking to make sure the teacher's doing the right thing? And I was like, no, you know, I'm really looking at students. And they're like, so a little girls so because well am i on that list i <laughs> 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 said so i don't have a list of students i said i'm just trying to see the things that you guys do and i work with teachers and you know try to be sure that we're providing the best experiences for you guys you know but but i don't know what that could be if i'm not in here seeing what you're yeah. you know what you're doing but you know they're funny like you were in my other class too. So then they they start to think, are you you following me? (laughs) Did my
1: mom send you? (laughs) Well, and going back to the homeowner thing too, I know a lot of times like, uh, you can even look at the outside of a house and the mm-hmm. visual representation and you a lot of times you can you can pinpoint the uh, the um, rental homes versus yes, the that's exactly right your other ho- or your, your homes that are po- purchased so um you know it, and I think that that goes for uh, the analogy for the classroom as well yeah from yes. an outsider's perspective looking in you can see those homes those classrooms that the teachers are truly invested so absolutely and even with all students, kinds of analogies all
2: kinds uh-huh. let's yeah, write I mean,
1: a book yeah. we sure?
0: <laughs> like you talked about with your students this year when you let them decide the games yes they mm. were they were homeowners yeah you know they mm. were they were invested in yes. it
1: yeah so yes, absolutely and when
2: the games go wrong like they're gonna try to to make adjustments. They're going to uh, suggest yes. adjustments. Yes. Whether whereas if it's just you know something that they don't have any ownership if if it goes wrong, they're just like you need to fix this.
1: Yeah. Okay, and it's funny you said that because one of the boys made a Jeopardy game and his mom apparently helped him because in the middle of playing the game he had to make a phone call home to his mom. <laughs> <laughs> But I just oh sat back gosh, and I right, watched it right, happen, right. you know, because he was the one that was invested and he wanted to make sure it was right. Right, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> I thought that's that was great. too funny. It's was so
0: great. Oh, the books we could uh, write. Yes, 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 for yes, for sure. Right.
1: So, um, what would you tell if if there's somebody that's trying to get into education, or maybe even those first year teachers? What would you tell to inspire uh, to aspiring educators? Mm. You know, I think that you really have to
2: think about the things in any job that give you energy and make you happy. And you have to, I heard um, Joe Sanfilippo is a speaker. He's a superintendent in Wisconsin. And he said one time, you know, identify the things that make you happy and then think about like, do I ever spend any time doing those things? <laughs> yeah. You know, look at your calendar. And and so he really talked about like the beginning and ending of your day give yourself 10 minutes to find something that fills your bucket and, and gives you energy. Um, I think too, like I always had this, um, thing on my desk and it was a, you know, the little like the magazine holder mm-hmm. that like a librarian would have, yes. it was, it was, you know, it stands Tall. up on the shelf. Yeah. Okay. So my grandmother, Took one of those and she covered it in her in extra wallpaper from her house. Aww. Okay. Because she was just being resourceful, you know. Of course. And it was this wallpaper has got to be like 70 years old. I mean, it was in her house for 50 years and she had a little bit extra. And so she covered one of those for me and she gave it to me. And, um, This makes me tear up sometimes when I think about it, but I would put in there. So I decided that I was going to keep kind of the things that I wanted to do and I wanted to be and kind of the inspirational things inside of that magazine thing. And so I would keep that on my desk and there would be like something I would want to do, um, when I was in another role or let's say I wanted to do it when I was a superintendent or if I was a principal, Oh man, I want to do this when I supervise principal someday and I would put it in there. And it really inspired me and it kept me, you know, you want to be good where you are, but you also want to dream. Yeah. And so like, don't wait to dream. You know, if you want to be a teacher don't wait until it's time to apply to, for that next, you know, that coaching job or that assistant principal job or whatever it may be. Don't wait until it's time for that to start dreaming about the things you want to do. And and for a while, that that little wallpaper thing was on my desk at home.
1: Oh, I and love that. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> when I would
2: go and speak to different groups or work with different groups, I would talk about that. And I keep meaning to, like you know, cause it's kind of special for me to bring. So I want to like bring it up here on my desk in, in Royce city and, yeah. and just look at the things that I used to dream about that. Now I get to do yeah. and, and, and add more to it. But so I guess my advice, part of that long story about <laughs> the wall, wallpaper covered magazine holder, um, is just to find time to carve out the things that make it just like this, this yeah. podcast.
1: Yeah.
2: I mean, you had to take the time, to dream about this and to be in a culture where you could go ask to do it. Or just do it. Or just do it. <laughs> and, and you know what? But you're also, just do it. I do oh, what, oh, what was I saw? <laughs> I, they were playing a podcast today when yeah, I walked through. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, I we think we did tell Co. Cody last year. We're like, we want to do a podcast, but he's like, oh, we didn't really ask.
1: (laughs) Well, and see, but that again, going back to the culture of it, uh, Cody was the, was our boss. Well, he still is mine, but he built a culture of like, we had OKRs where we had to think about like really pushing ourselves Mm. so an objective and key results. And so that was our OKR was. You, hey, this is an idea we have. Let's give this a try, wow. you know. And so just building that culture of dreaming yeah, and yes. uh and and trying to do different things. And we so really literally. didn't know what we were doing. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but we've learned a lot. We have. And ended up with a really cool little studio. So <laughs> cool. that we didn't have at did first here. our first ones that we recorded on the phone, right? Phone, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So.
2: I think probably the last thing I would say about the advice I would give is you know, also don't wait until you're in the next position to give back to somebody else behind you. And again, Andy Stanley, one of my favorite people, but he has a video called beyond you leadership. And he just talks about, you know, you have somebody in your life that needs that tap, Mm -hmm. you know, Dr. Burton tapped me and he said, you know, just the best things to me. But he was like, you need to be ready. When are you going to get your doctorate? when are you going to start thinking about this? Because someday you're going to be sitting in this seat and you need to be ready. And uh, you know, my immediate supervisor, Debbie Smotherman, they were always just tapping me to think about things. And honestly, I wouldn't have thought of them without them. And so, you know, whatever position you're in, you have that ability to make it not just about you to make it beyond you. And someday when you leave, the role that you're in, you can look back and feel really proud about it and, mm-hmm. and peaceful about the things you tried to do. So I, I, I think don't wait to, to give back and help people grow around you. Yeah. Always strive for something. Yeah. That's
1: great. So as we wrap up the podcast here, um, I want to just ask you, what would you like for our community to know about Roy city ISD?
2: Mm. I think the thing that has really struck me in the last 60 days um, that I've been here is just the genuine care and respectfulness that that is within this school district. And, you know, you think to yourself, well, OK, so you're just saying everybody's nice to each other. They genuinely respect and trust each other. And so that makes things, you know, it's the speed of trust that makes things go quicker. Great ideas come forward. They they are implemented um, it's a very diverse group of people that come to the table inside the district that feel like they're valued. Um, and that says a lot. The longevity that's here speaks to that. Um, and I think I would want people to know that if you need to talk about something, whether it's in the district or you're a parent or a student, like just call. And, and there's an open door of caring people that want to listen and want to help and that are really committed to the student's. And the teachers in the school district, I'm, I'm really proud to be a part of that and just the, the belief that's around everything that we do. So that's I'm just very proud of that.
0: Awesome. So um if any of our guests wanted to reach out to you, you just said yes, the door's open. Yes, what would they right, need to right. do? <laughs>
2: um, you know, I think email is just a, a good way just to say, Hey, can you call me? I'm not a big emailer. Um one of my phrases that I always say is we don't solve problems by email. And so I really try to live by that. However, I'm never in my office. And so <laughs> if you tried to call my office phone, it I don't know. Um when I would find that voicemail, so, you know, just an email to say, hey, can you give me a call I'd like to talk about, or can you come to my classroom? I love um, when people invite me to things on the campus. Um, and just uh, also I'm on Twitter. Um, I love to have that professional learning network, but also just to see what kids are doing. I've really kind of leaned more towards that now is just celebrating kids and teachers Um but so tell our listeners your
0: email address okay, and your Twitter okay,
2: okay. My email is amy.anderson um, at rcisd.org. And then my Twitter is amyruth740 is my Twitter handle. Ruth is, I was so excited to meet Ruth Cherry because Ruth is a big Uh-oh. name in my family. So <laughs> that's a family
0: that's name. Crazy. That's yes. exciting. Yeah. yeah. Um, and we want you to have the last word. What would you like
2: our guests to know? Oh my goodness. Um, I just want our guests to know that I care a lot about what I do and, and I want to bring value to the table and just I'm so f- grateful to be a part of this team and I know what a big decision it is to um, follow Miss Robinson's footsteps and um, just to to be a part of this school district so I can't wait to get to know everybody. It'd be cool to, to come back a year later and talk about all the things that have happened and all the things I've learned, um, in that time period. So I'm just grateful to, for you guys to have me as all right. well. So well, we'll, thank you. We'll,
0: we'll invite you back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay, mark, it down. mark it down. Angela, where can our guests find you in the Chrome squad on social media?
1: You can find us on Twitter at Chrome underscore squad, and also at our website, www.connectedforlearning.org. And where can our listeners find you, Lisa? Well, I post out
0: on Twitter, everything school related, at RCHS underscore Pogue, P-O-G-U-E. And we also have a hashtag this year for our teachers. So it's hashtag Team RCHS. You can use that and hopefully find some neat things that are going on here at Roy City High School. Thanks for tuning in to RC Teacher Talk a podcast for and about real teachers in the trenches hosted by Angela and Lisa, the learning technologies team at Roy city high school.
1: If you're enjoying this podcast, subscribe rate and review us. Make sure to say nice things. Go Bulldogs.